Michael. Yeah. Michael, how did I forget this? I have to tell you. I bought a GPU support bracket. Okay. I feel so like, to to address the the drooping, I feel like a total poser, but I did it. Yes. I I don't know that it actually is accomplishing much of anything. It still looks like the card is slightly tilted. But it is a piece of metal that is bolted into the side of the computer through the uh what are those the expansion slot ports like using the bolts there and it has a riser and it's at the end of the card and it, i mean it physically can't go any lower i guess i got one with leds on it is why i feel like a poser huh i gotcha it's there it's installed uh, we'll see if it actually does anything necessarily. yeah it's not gonna hurt anything it is hiding my uh elgato card though so how will people know that I am super cool and I have a 4K capture card? <laughs> you just got to capture some good stuff for them. Well, hopefully we can get some game capture going one of these days. Yeah. That's nothing new. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, Sometimes it's true. I recorded video for the uh, as yet unreleased. I'm messing with my mic, so it's probably very loud. Uh, As yet unreleased carbon scoring has Uh has some video in it. Um, We'll see when that gets edited. What a nightmare. <laughs> Why have I done this to myself? Had to have the new new had, toys. Well, Michael, I guess we should start the podcast. Because, <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hello. How's it going? I think you already know the answer to that. I do, but the people don't. I think. Can you? I want you to summarize without knowing every issue I've encountered. What you think, how how you think it's going. Well, considering the whole process started with bent CPU pins, <laughs> I feel like it has been bouncing down that rocky slope. Bouncing down that rocky slope. Um, that would be, yeah. I don't think it's like the most disastrous way it could, could be. But let's say it's a challenge. <laughs> Hello, welcome to We Were Gamers. A podcast centered on what it means to, to try to accomplish something in this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. JJ had a wonderful experience last week telling us about, or maybe it was the week before, about his build and uh, how it all went together and doing his software, etc. And so I got inspired to finally set the date and... Andy here decided that let's do it. Let's build that new computer that we've been talking about. So we did it, Michael. We did. You you did. And uh and we got together and uh my lovely spouse also kicked in 
and we all kind of went through all the components and you know we were showing her some stuff because she now works in uh, tech i guess more directly than she used to uh so that was kind of fun and interesting and um yeah yeah it uh it started off cool like hey look at all these cool parts and what a new computer we're gonna build and here's the goal of no more compromises and trying to build something that can render us for this podcast, actually some better video and audio. And, um, for me, get ready to do some harder work than it was. The last one was able to do. And, uh, so I set myself a goal of not blowing through the bank, I guess. Uh, uh, famously, I think Tim Rogers built a computer for $7,777. (laughs) Yeah, not quite that much. Uh, yeah, I did not aim in that direction. I aimed for thinking about not making compromises when I didn't have to. You know, the motherboard was the big uh, indicator of that, right? When we talked about <laughs> what what comes on what motherboards, and I just eventually said, screw it. I need I need to just not worry about I I didn't get that or I didn't get that on the right. motherboard. You know, Um people who have keen ear will hear problem number one already actually in the background of my microphone. I could hear it through my headphones, which is not good. Um, no, that's problem number two. Problem number one was bent pins. How shocking was that? Have you ever seen that before? Straight out of the box like that? No, I have not. I've never seen that in my life. Uh, Like I've heard, I've heard anecdotally of it happening to other people, but I mean, I have I have seen CPUs that are used and come out of computers have bent pins or broken off pins. Sure, yeah, that's not surprising, or even worse, like broken off uh, resistors or whatever those are in between the pins. Uh, mm-hmm. None of that is surprising to me, but seeing it come from AMD with two bent pins on it was a shock. Uh, some tweezers lined those things up uh, very gently. Don't do don't do this at home. <laughs> yeah, very very gently, very gently line things up. Um, yeah, make sure you put your CPU in straight. That didn't happen to us, but it could happen to you if you don't. Right? Um, if it doesn't doesn't go, don't force it because you could bend pins and then you have to sit there unbending them, uh, which I will tell you was not fun. Oh boy! And then. Uh, Wow. And then the the rest of it kind of started to go together fine. Um, it's cool. Some of the parts are pretty cool. I, I I was shocked at how big the 3080 Ti is. I don't know about you. Uh, me too. I, I had not seen one in person to know just how beefy of a piece of hardware it is. The 1070 that I have uh, in the old PC looked like a video card to me, right? Like this is a... Oh, this is a video card. This is this is a cool looking bigger one. Yeah. This thing looks like they use it at NASA for computing the cycles of asteroids in space. <laughs> this is the size. They gave they gave your 1070 a dose of the super soldier serum. Yeah. I mean, it busted straight out of its shirt. By the way, props to JJ. For finding the overclock slash silent switch on this thing. Did you have to hunt for it? 
I not only hunted for it, I found a diagram and a photograph that showed me where it was, and it I still couldn't find it. That seems frustrating. I, mean, I know where it is now, but it took me way longer than it should have. It is the tiniest thing, and it is hidden inside and underneath one of the like vent ports. Okay. To for heat. So if you're not scrutinizing it with a flashlight, good luck. Got it. It it's the kind of thing that feels like they designed it to make to be very very hard to flip it accidentally. Yeah, it yes. And uh, another thing where when you do it, do it with a tool and do it gently. It is a very yeah. small switch and you can see the tiny little of PCB that it is attached to. So be gentle. Interesting anecdote uh, when doing drivers for the computer. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, these have separate BIOS based on the switch. So if you have it in overclock mode, that's a separate BIOS than silent mode. Interesting. So if you have to update BIOS, you have to update whatever version you're on, overclock or silent, shut down, flip the switch, turn it back on, update the other version of the BIOS. Then turn it off shut and flip down, it back. Turn it, Yeah, turn it back. Wow. Uh, this is a little interesting anecdote. I mean, it's not a big deal, but uh, I would not have expected that personally. But it makes a lot yeah. of sense when, once it happens. Uh, and then it came time to cool the processor. Yeah, so we got the we got the motherboard assembled and put into place inside the case. We got the PSU um, in there. Yeah. Oh, I will say about your case, the the easy remove of all the panels is really nice oh yeah so i got the uh fractal meshify 2 compact which is four inches less deep or wide depending on how you look at it like front to back the where the fans are to where the motherboard ends right intake fans to motherboard end uh is four inches less that direction and one inch less depth uh motherboard to glass from the uh full full size mid tower not full mid full tower but full size mid tower this is a compact mid tower <laughs> right yeah <laughs> uh which would have solved the upcoming issue i was gonna say how much of a difference did those couple of inches make they made a lot of difference michael <laughs> So uh, two things I want to say before we talk about this. Well, after we talk about this. Hey, when you buy a radiator, sometimes it might not fit. Important lesson number one. Yeah. Um, even if the directions say that it could fit, it may not fit. So number one, look at your case and judge accordingly in the what the case manufacturer says will fit, right? But you may run into the issue where there's just not enough clearance based on the parts you chose that both options for it fitting means it won't fit. <laughs> because, uh, you know, those radiators can be mounted multiple places, right? You can mount right. it on the front as an intake. You can mount it on the top as an exhaust. Some cases you can even mount it on the bottom. Uh, you shouldn't do that. It's not a good plan. For a lot of reasons, but I mean, it's doable, but 
to, to choose the other two first if you can. Uh, neither one worked out for us. So I've never been part of a build that has just stopped before. It was crazy to me. I don't know if you've ever had that problem. Well, yes, you did. Your power yeah, supply. Yeah, I did. My power supply blew out as soon as so, I plugged it into the so wall. I guess so I we... have been part of a build that just stopped before. Yeah. But you were able to fix yours the next day or that day? You just drove it straight the into the The next microphone. day, yeah. I just I had gotten mine. I had picked mine up in person, which made it a lot easier. So I just drove it back to, to Micro Center and they just swapped it out for a, a brand new one. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have the option to make that radiator work or find another one uh, right away that day, nor the next day, actually. So I decided, stupidly, uh, I had better advice than this, but I chose to try and commit entirely to this computer to uh, Frankenstein apart my old computer, the one that we podcasted on before. (laughs) 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 You can see where this is going, right? Yeah. Yeah, cuz I know I know the advice that you got. Uh my Michael may have been a part of the advice that I got <laughs> that said don't don't do that. <laughs> don't disassemble the old computer until the new one is up and running. Yeah. Well, um I uh in my here, Icarus reference, right? We we <laughs> we just I committed I committed too too much, and uh, I pulled apart my other computer, and I put the cooler from that computer onto this computer to make sure that I could get it up and running, which it is currently doing. We are on this computer in full Frankenstein mode with a 120-millimeter 100, water-cooled block that is attached to the CPU that I uh, repasted and got on there. So it is up and running. I'm using it with many frustrations. <laughs> One of the frustrations is that I do not believe this water block it can handle the heat. Uh, it, no. Throughout this podcast, you will probably hear in the background of it, uh, the fans for the computer spinning up real high. Uh, the temperature keeps going from about a 35, 40 degree idle up to 60, 70 when I was installing programs, I saw it even hit 80 once before Ooh. the fans kicked on super hard and uh, tried to cool the thing off. Yeah, that's, that's getting warm. Yeah, I need to. Well, 90 is like the problem area, but uh, they're made to go hot, these Ryzen guys. But this is not going to cut it. So I have ordered a smaller cooler. I made... <laughs> This is something you can do if you have the time. I made a cardboard mock mock up of the exact dimensions of another cooler that say it should fit according to the case manufacturer fractal. Um, and I plugged it in there and it should work. So we'll see um, tomorrow afternoon, I guess, is when the next cooler should show up. Take gonna- two. It's going to be a tight squeeze. We kept running into the heat spreaders for the the chipset, which are huge now because it's a silent uh, motherboard. And we were running into the ATX CPU power. No, not the ATX power. The CPU power. CPU power. Yeah. And that was in that was in one direction. Then we tried to turn it around, 
mounted the other orientation and there wasn't enough clearance around the massive 3080. Thanks. Thanks, Gigabyte and NVIDIA for making this thing so massive. Yeah, it's it's too big. You can't fit anything in there. You can fit normal fans in front of it, and that's exactly it. So I ordered the new cooler, Michael. And uh, to make sure that it was going to fit, I ordered some fans, some special fans uh, okay. that were th- thinner. Narrow profile. Yeah, 15 millimeter profile fans instead of uh, 25s, which are normal. Guess uh, Guess what I got in the mail today. Did they send you 25? They sure did. (laughs) (sighs) So, you know, the cooler obviously comes with its own fans, but they're already 25s. So I don't need more 25s. (laughs) You know? Uh, We'll see. If the 25s fit, obviously it's not a big issue. But I wanted to try and be prepared so that on Wednesday I could close up the case because the case is still wide open on two parts of it uh, to try and uh, help the cooler that isn't doing a great job and uh, make sure that I'm not putting things back together super super early. What a what a frustration! And that's before I made another dumb decision. Uh oh. Well, uh, you know it's a new computer. It's fresh. It's clean. I don't want to gunk it up in the long run. I want this to be a workhorse for a while without having to reinstall Windows and all these sorts of deals. Uh, so uh, I put Windows 11 on it. Oh. Oh, how's that going for you? How long did you wait for me to get my microphone working today? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Asked and answered. Yeah. Windows 11 is an interesting animal. Uh, there are, uh, driver programs that I've tried to use to install drivers. Some of them just hang. Some of them, uh, like the, uh, Realtek audio driver, uh, go in an infinite install loop where it's like, I'm installing, please restart. I'm installing, please restart. Oof. Uh, yeah, it's been quite the trial to try and figure all that out. Plus I, uh, was never able to figure out how to bring over projects in DaVinci. So I'm still working on that one. I actually oh, sent right. in a DaVinci ticket because I'm like, hey, I'm just trying to bring over DaVinci projects and I can't seem to do it in any way. Hey, if you have any ideas, podcast at weweregamers.com. Say, hey, this is how you... I still have my old drive. I actually have four drives plugged into the computer right now that are not the two drives that are already in the computer. Just moving old stuff over have, slowly. Yeah, I mean, I had two drives in the old computer, so those are both plugged in. I got a, uh, I got this really cool thing actually. Anybody that um, has M2 drives and ends up not needing them, uh, you can get a fifty dollar case from Asus. Yeah, it's a ROG Strix like thing mm-hmm. that is USB C. Uh, so it's like three point two, whatever the fast speed is on that one. Yeah. Uh, and you just slot your M2 into it, and it becomes a little portable mini drive. I mean, it's this palm side; it fits in the palm of my hand. Oh, uh, length like width wise. Obviously, it's it's about the length of my hand lengthwise. It's really cool. Right. It's smaller than a 2.5 inch case. Not even sure, you know, yeah. like not even the case is as big as a 2.5. Uh, so that's cool. That's really cool. I I was very glad because now I have you know a little 
500 gigabyte jump drive now, basically. Um, once I clean off the OS and everything else that's on there. Right. Um, currently, all of our DaVinci projects and the recordings for the carbon scoring and everything else are still mounted to that drive. <laughs> yeah, I probably want to move those first. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, then I've got everything else that was on in storage for the other computer. The other computer that eventually ran out of room, so I have a two terabyte platter drive that I need to move stuff over from. It's it's a mess over here. Be prepared. Be better prepared than me. That's my advice in this uh, impromptu twenty minute component class. <laughs> well, I think the takeaway is that there are some things that you just can't really prepare for. I agree. Yeah, I mean, you could you could prepare and try and really nail down what the dimensions are of a case. But I really feel like in this instance, how close was every measurement that we went into when we, when we were taking fans off and trying to squeeze them in after we got the radiator mounted and all that sort of stuff, we were off by like less than millimeters, you know? Yeah. It almost, almost fit the first time. Yeah. And so, yeah, you could do all that math online, but like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, it's not going to be perfect sometimes. Anyway, uh, one of the funniest things I ever heard in college was, uh, what well, was in a writing class and he said, and, uh, Ron Carlson was the, the get the guy. He's like a super well-known fiction author for some people. Uh, so for some people, maybe not. He's writes a lot of short, short fiction real okay. life style stuff. And he was leading the department at that point. And uh, this is a weird insight into my life. Anyway, he said one of the things, I'm pretty sure it was him that said, you have to be prepared to lose the thing you love most in a story. Uh, and that wasn't like, oh, you have to be prepared to kill off a character or something like that. It was literally like, hey, you may have written a great story and the thing you wrote the story around just doesn't work, you know? And right. that cooler was the thing I wrote the story. I really wanted that cooler because it was big, the maximum size. It looked great. All these types of things. And um, having to walk away from that and go to something else was a weird realization. Like It's just every computer I've ever built, it, all the parts went together. Yeah. Even if there was a problem like with yours, they all go together and you get to pick whatever you want, but. Not yeah, the realization days. the realization in this case that you couldn't have the case that you wanted and all the internal components fit. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh-huh. definitely this is a min it's it's is the most min max case I think I've ever built. Even the H four hundred that I had before this was was more accessible. So <sighs> that's where we are. We'll have a new computer up and running here in the next couple days, and uh, and things will be going smoothly, I'm sure. Windows 11 looks interesting. I don't have a lot of comments on it yet. Uh, more to come. Remind me some other time after a couple yeah, of weeks be, of using it. I'll be interested to hear a review. Yeah. I mean, there's supposedly a lot of... Um, if you have an Intel processor, the new ones, the 12 series, you should definitely install it. But mm-hmm. um, it's got some quirks, man. Like, I can't open the Microsoft Store. And I don't know why. Huh. So like I can't get Office onto the computer yet because I can't get Office except through the Microsoft Store, really. 
That but, seems like one of the first things they'd want to make sure is working. Sure, sure does. And I thought it was because I hadn't activated Windows yet because I was trying to port over my old Windows license, which did work, by the way. Uh, they were very oh, good easy. Know. It was very easy. Uh, it was just like, hey, this is on another computer. Do you want it to be on this computer? Yes. Okay. And I had, I guess, a new enough Windows 10 license that accounted for Windows 11. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. I don't know why if you're Microsoft, you wouldn't want everyone to eventually move over. No problem. No hassle. So, yeah, there's a lot of weird quirks. I'll uh, I'll make a list of stuff uh, Windows 11 related in the future. Uh, all the game stuff installed just fine. <laughs> it's just been the stuff I need for doing the podcast that isn't working. <laughs> oh, the lesser important things. It's dri- It's the most important. The driver's stuff and the editing stuff. It's not going well. We'll see. It's funny. I'm having a great time laughing about how ridiculous it's getting. When those fans showed up today, I just sat there and stared at them for a while. <laughs> like, of course, of course, they were going to send the wrong size. Yeah, right? of course. Of course. You grabbed. I mean, look. Look, not everyone in the world builds a computer. And if you were handed or if you went to a bin and in front of you was the NFA-12 and the NFSA-12. And they were put in the same bin by somebody. And you were told to grab two fans from there that are the NFSA-12. And you only saw one. Wouldn't you just grab one of the A-12 ones if you don't know anything about computers? Yeah. Or if you're just you're moving too fast and reach into the wrong bin. Yeah. And so, you know. Then I get two of the wrong fans and and the other fan that I wanted. And now we've got. uh, Now we've got. Anyway, I I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but uh, I imagine that it was very easy in a warehouse to grab two A12s instead of SA12s. Or no, did I get the bad? See, even I'm confusing. A12s are the little ones. SA12s are the big ones that the big ones that we installed, the Chromax ones. Right. Uh, Those are s a 12s and they sent a 12s even i'm getting them confused just trying to talk about them i'm done ranting about computers hopefully next week uh this podcast and some carbon scoring have hit i have to record again on sunday so we better get this all worked out (sighs) anyway uh jj's not here if you haven't noticed yet yeah he is not we miss him but he is off on some gallivanting travels to the east coast i think he is he is the definition of gallivanting yeah probably i don't know maybe he's working but i I think he's gallivanting which is great people should gallivant more often this microphone has drifted down in front of me so that's you add that to the list my uh (laughs) my boom stand is no longer holding my microphone up it is drifting down in front of my face it's now at my uh, chest. Your, your boom stand has Joy-Con drift. It does. It literally it's does. Catching. It's catching. It's catching. Don't curse me, man. Uh, my Joy-Cons <laughs> work great. And I have played over 400 hours of Smash Ultimate on them. Wow. So don't don't jinx my Joy-Cons. But I, did you get your email from Nintendo? I did. Uh, yeah, I did too. I have played a surprisingly small amount of my Switch this year. I was going to mention that as well. I only played uh, 60 hours on my Switch this year. Guess Mine's how many hours only... of that was Smash Ultimate? 
55. 40, yeah. Good good try. 40 hours of Smash Ultimate this year. Because they released a whole bunch of new characters that I hadn't played. You know, I, I waited until they released a bunch of... The next couple were Picross and Tetris. So, uh, the Switch is interesting uh, as a thing. And I'm going to ask you about that in a bit. <laughs> sure. Uh, so let's get into it. Since JJ's not yeah. here, we had an idea, which was to send each other four games that we played this year. They had to be played this year. Yep. There was no context for the four games we sent each other. There's just four games and we had to come up with at least two questions, um, about those games. Right. Right. So I don't know. Maybe we switch off our questions, or we—I'll just say yours first, and we'll go from there. How about that? Okay. You sent me in order: Metroid Dread, starring Samus Aran; Horizon Zero Dawn, starring Horizon Zero Dawn woman. I don't know her name. Aloy. Aloy. Kingdoms of Amalur: Re-Reckoning, an interesting choice. And Celeste. Uh, starring, not Celeste, Madeline. Yes, Celeste is the mountain. Uh, Kingdom Zamler main character is the Forgotten One, I believe, right? A fateless one. Fateless one. I shows you how much I know about that game. I know about that game a lot because of the uh, Kurt Schilling craziness and all the yes. uh, Massachusetts money that got lost <laughs> i think that that is all that anyone who never played the original remembers about exactly. it exactly i i own the original and re-reckoning i think too actually i guess as much as anyone can own anything that's digital i have access to them <laughs> permanently hopefully we will see i have interest in playing them michael question number one from me okay uh my question number one is a joke question number one because if I get this question wrong, we'll we'll just move right along. Michael, why did you one hundred percent all these games? Yeah. Um, I only I only one hundred percented two of them so far. Ah, dang it! I thought I thought maybe I, I'd get three out of four. <laughs> um, I'm on my, you know, I'm, I'm only partway still through the, the Amalur playthrough. I will hundred oh, percent that one. Yeah. Uh, Celeste, I don't know if I will try, oh, uh, because okay. some of the, some of the things that you have to do in Celeste to get all of the achievements are probably more time than I want to invest in it. It's interesting that you put Celeste on there. And I thought maybe you had gotten more invested in Celeste as time went on and worked harder at it. I didn't want to put Celeste on my list because I didn't finish it before I lost access to it on Game Pass. Okay. And I sincerely like it, actually. Like, actually really like it. I understand why many people say that it is the best Mario game. Huh? M many people say that Celeste is the best Mario game. It's just that genre, right? That uh, that platformer genre. Uh, it is a very good one of those. And so the joke is that it's a good Mario game. I like it. Yeah. Uh, explaining jokes is not good. I'm not going to do that again. 
I didn't put it on my list because I didn't finish it, but I'm glad you put it on your list because I think it's one of the downsides of Xbox Game Pass, which might come up in our discussion in January about things of the year. <laughs> okay. Even though I think it might have been my thing of the year last year. I don't know. I got to look back. We always look back before that. Uh, if it's not, expect to talk about it. But uh, one of the downsides of that is that if you like, uh, maybe I should say we on this podcast, uh, we're gamers. <laughs> and sometimes yes. we don't have time to put in the hours required. Now, I know you and JJ beat the game faster than me because you're better at it. And also, you lack the thing that is my problem with that game, which is that if I see something I should be able to do, I have to try and do it because I have to know that I was able to do it. Right. So the heart, the uh, strawberries in that game is a problem for me. Oh no, I'm, I'm the same way. Trust me. I, I spent the time to collect all the strawberries up to where I am in the game. Right. That's a problem because it makes me die a lot and spend a lot of time going through it. And uh, the downside of game pass is that the game may not be there next month or the month after that, or you don't really get any warning. You get enough, you get the two weeks, you know, of warning or so, and then it's gone and it may not come back or it may come back in a long time. You can, uh, jury rig a save transfer if you want to buy it on steam. Uh, and if it is going away, game pass offers you a discount before it does. So you could buy it from them to keep it. Right. Okay. Uh, so I could, I did have the option to pay 20% off and keep the game installed through Xbox. I could also have purchased it on Steam and and kept the save and moved it into the Steam saves. Oh, wait, hold on. That doesn't work with every single one of those, uh, just so you know. Some games are cloud saved, uh, I guess I should uh, say. Yeah. So that will come up when we talk about uh, the game uh, that might also come up in my thing of the year, uh, Spiritfarer. Um, where you cannot get into your save games because they're cloud saved because uh, you're just running Xbox versions of stuff sometimes. Right? But uh, Celeste is one of the ones you could port over your save if you wanted to. Anyway, I, so there were options. I, I think I feel like it will come back to Game Pass and if it doesn't, well, maybe I still have that save somewhere. Maybe. We won't. We won't speak about it much more. <laughs> nice. Well, I I feel like I should read your four games now. Oh, really? Okay. Because I felt like that was a joke question. I do have real questions for you. Oh, I was just going to read off the games and then we get into the questions. Okay. Got it. Um, so you sent me Call of Duty Warzone, the Master Chief Collection, Final Fantasy Twelve, and Super Mario Party. Do, do you, did yours have a theme? Uh, no, mine I didn't. Found, I found a theme in yours, by the way. Okay, I'll be interested to hear it. Mine had a theme. I want to know if you found it. But, uh, yeah. So those are mine. Yeah, those are my four games. Those are interesting ones. Uh, yeah, it's a good list. Michael, the three out of the four games you sent me, I know you did not play on your Switch. This is true. One of them you, uh, quote unquote, had to. I'm not going to discuss that any further. If you don't know what I'm talking about, email us, <laughs> podcast at wewerogamers.com. I'll, uh, I'll tell you about it and then tell you why that's not a great idea. 
to do that. Um, one you had to play on your Switch. We talked about a minute ago, uh, confirming my question here, which was, is the Switch still good? <laughs> That's my question for you. You know, based I on think, your games, <laughs> I think that the problem is not the Switch. Um, I think that the I think that some of that the discrepancy between like seeing the hours played from this past year and the hours played from the year before is that the year before we were all stuck at home with nothing to do. I I want to I want to challenge that assumption. I had plenty to do with two children stuck well, in my home. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's part of it. You know, consoles in general became hard to find, right? Like, uh, you have to uh, win a raffle to get a PS5 still. I know that that Switch OLED is still hard to find. A uh, person in our immediate circle uh, had to have her boyfriend in Wisconsin or Montana, somewhere over there, stop at a random Target to grab one. That had one wow. left, you know. Um, Xboxes are hard to find in general. Not as hard to find as a PS, but that still exists, I think. I don't think the Switch is any different in that aspect. But my question might not be about the Switch hardware, which people will say is underpowered. But, like, what would you recommend? This is what This is my question, right? What would you recommend people to do on a Switch now? Um, I mean, you know, for me right now, Metroid Dread tops that list. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's just, it's a great entry in the, to wrap up, I guess, the Samus Aran story arc that they've been telling for decades now. I guess that sounded somewhat like an ad, but it was more meant in, it was more meant in the vein of like Breath of the Wild was a long time ago. There's a lot of Xenoblade that's locked to that console. Um, yep, which I need to get back to. Mario Odyssey is a great game. That's pretty old. I think three years at least. Uh, and then everything else you might want to play. I love Smash, but I'm not going to tell somebody to play Smash. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh, everything else, like your list here says, eh, go get a PC or, or you know, wait for a Steam Deck or whatever to me and so like my recommendation when it was hot right two years ago we said get into the breach and play it on your switch um is waning personally and i was wondering if that's maybe indicated in your list for you no i think it was just the the things that shuffled to the top of my list to play this year okay all right okay that was my question number one you want to alternate or you want to you want another one? No, give me give me two. All right. Did you know, Michael, uh, that every game you chose was developed by a Western publisher? Huh. I had not realized that. Even now, the, yeah. the Metroid game was developed in Spain. Yep. What does that say about Michael Rainey and his future with gaming? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, the, the 
trails in the in the sky games are still high on my list ah okay and we'll be probably making a return for the next two part or next year is it now that i noticed something else on here which is that other than kingdoms of amalur which i think if you just mainlined the story all of these are relatively manageably sized games in terms of time yeah yeah they definitely are i mean celeste celeste is is about as fast as you want it to be right like if you're if you're just going through each of the levels to get to the end of the main story it's not that long yeah i mean you can make it longer unfortunately for me (laughs) yeah but is it that I think our our general group interest in Japanese games has started to become the J for JJ the Yakuza games for you right now the Trails games right I'm still staring at a box I've left on my desk for a year and a half now of Final Fantasy twelve our Japanese game interest is very high in the long extended amount of time games. seems to be something i've noticed yeah i think i think in a lot of cases though that they that is their wheelhouse i'm sure somebody with more game expertise uh maybe a true quote-unquote gamer we are not gamers (laughs) uh would refute us but like even that new sonic game that sega sonic game right sega made a game that they put out on the Switch first, I think, and then other places after. That was Western developed in Sonic Mania, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Obviously, Nintendo has a lot of control over games like Dread, and Sega probably had a lot of control over Sonic. But uh, it's it's weird. It's weird. Okay, I I, I want to tell you your connection for all your games. Are you ready? Okay. Samus, Madeline, uh, uh, Aloy, you said? Aloy. Aloy. And the, what's, well, fr- f- starts with uh, an F. Fateless, fateless, fateless one. one. Uh, all female protagonists. Uh, you get the choice with Amalur. Uh, you shouldn't make any other choice. Come on. <laughs> I mean, yes, mine happens to be. So, yes, they're I all knew four it. female I protagonists. I knew it. Off the top of my head, I'm like, he used a woman. I guarantee you, with these other three games on this list, he must have used a woman, and that's the connection. Huh. I think that's great. It hadn't even registered with me. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was the actual connection, so props to you, man. I, I really stared at that list for a long time, and I was like, all the pictures of Amalur are just that knight on the cover. I wonder who the actual main character is. Um, and yeah, I looked <laughs> into it. So, uh, thanks for tricking me. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was Michael's games of, uh, Samus, Metroid Dread, Horizon Zero Dawn, Kingdoms of Amalur, and Celeste, of which you recommend all of them, I think. Oh, highly. Yeah. 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 All right, uh, recapping. Call of Duty Warzone, Master Chief Collection, Super Mario Party, Final Fantasy XII. Hit me. Well, so the thing that I I noticed about yours, and I don't know if this was the theme that you intended, is that most of these, well, no, I will say all of these are franchise games. 
good. Right? You don't, yeah, good. You don't have cool. anything. You don't have anything in your list that is like a standalone title in the way that Celeste is. Say interesting. Um, and so I, I was wondering, and I, I wondered this with all of them. Um, how do and and Master Chief, you you can kind of answer on its own because it's all the games. But how do these installments fit in into the context of the greater franchise for you? Were they did you find them better than the average one or not as good as your nostalgia told you that some of the older ones were? That's a good question. Uh, there's very clear answers to that. And um, uh, one of these is exactly that question is why it's on the list. Can you guess which one? Um, my guess would be Super Mario Party. Nice pull, bud. You did it. <laughs> Yeah, Super Mario Party is on this list for exactly that problem. Uh, I say problem because you already know my answer. Super Mario Party is not a good game. <laughs> I'm not talking about the new All-Stars one. I haven't played it. The new All-Stars one is the attempt to rectify the problems of Super Mario Party. I think I talked about Super Mario Party on this podcast when they released during COVID. Uh, <laughs> during COVID. I catch myself saying that. And I say that every time during COVID. And then I remember uh, in the time when we couldn't go outside, you know, uh, COVID's right. still going. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, during the hard time of being in, they gave things that should have been in this game from the beginning, like online mode and extra ways to play the mini games and all that sort of stuff as a free update. And uh, that okay. was that was kind of widely said like, oh, wow, cool. And everyone uh, played it for five minutes and then realized, oh, no, wait, it's actually still a bad game. <laughs> Super Mario Party is the antithesis of a board game. They take everything that was good about early Mario Parties, which was like, oh, look at this crazy board game that like the characters do crazy things. And then the mini games, uh changed stuff up but then when you get back to the main screen it's still just kind of like a board game where like you follow the rules and roll dice and that's about it and this one that is my nostalgic remembrance of what super mario party was so yeah so an example of that is i brought over some people you know when we were allowed to have people inside and all that after vaccines and and those people are not gamers either right they're there are people that played games as kids that would gladly sit down when I said, hey, I've got Super Mario Party. And everyone was like, Mario Party? I remember that on my friend's Nintendo, you know, and we all sat down and you're immediately lost in the fact that like you have to select other dice to bring with you in the game. Hmm. You know, okay. and, and yeah, and that's like one of the core concepts is like your character uh mario gets one through six right but like luigi gets two two three six you know that's not enough numbers but you, do you get what i'm saying sure yeah 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 the combinations uh, are different and there are pros and cons right and then you can go around the board and you can make it a strategy to like collect buddies to get more dice that give you more things to do bowser has one where he just loses a turn which is silly <laughs> Okay, uh, but he rolls extra sixes, and I don't know that that's actually good in this game. High risk, high reward. 
I mean, yeah, but like you roll a six and you shoot right past stuff sometimes. You know? Right. Yeah. Sometimes you want those low numbers. Yeah, exactly. And that's why you maybe want more dice. And then it becomes like math, the game. And then the mini games aren't very good. And so like I convinced myself that I wanted to like it and I tried to keep playing it and I kept p- putting people through playing it and no one enjoyed it. And so, yeah, <laughs> to answer your question, that is a prime example. And it does somewhat apply to these other ones a little bit. And I can say one sentence on each uh as to how they fit into their franchises but this one left the franchise reeling i don't think many people will want to play mario party all-stars or mario party in general for a long time um it's kind of a shame yeah final fantasy 12 to me um seems like a lot more work than other final fantasy games with all the systems that are in it and it's one reason that i had a hard time finishing it uh and it's on this list because i tried again uh, to work on it. Uh, so that's how I kind of, I mean, one sentence feel about that one is like, that is the final fantasy game. That is work more than fun. Call of duty Warzone is, uh, not part of the call of duty franchise. <laughs> In so much as call of duty players don't play it. Interesting. Okay. I think Call of Duty players play Call of Duty and they have a lot to say about Vanguard. But the people that play Warzone were not the people I expected. They are... Warzone is more of a cultural game and so they use the Call of Duty framework to put people out into it. But people that play Warzone that I play with would never play other Call of Duty games, really. They would be bored by them. They would not play the multiplayer of those games. And so that was an interesting take on your game, right? It's not like a game that came out and was like, this is a battle royale game. It was designed that way, like Apex Legends was. Sure. It it was saying, this franchise is something that people know, and this is an engine we can do this in. Let's try and expand our player base laterally to other people. And that was interesting. And the Master Chief Collection is an exemplary example of what you should do with your franchise. Um, and I feel bad every day that I don't play it anymore. So there you go. That's your answer to your question. Okay. Yeah. It was a lot about Super Mario Party because you hit the nail right on the head. Yep. Yeah, that was, that was the one that stood out to me as the, the question mark because I'd I don't think we really touched on that one. We touched on the other ones at various points during the year. Yeah, I guess maybe I thought I had talked too much about Mario Party because it was such a weird disappointment. And uh, it kept being one, even though I tried it multiple times. Yeah, I deleted it off the Switch. No more data. Gone. (laughs) Rest in peace. Die, Mario. Um, so I'll give, I'll give you the, the other question and we'll only apply it to the other three since Mario party is, is, was kind of a misstep. Um, but it ties into the first question a little bit, which is with each of these being long standing franchises, um, and, and, you know, Warzone and, and Master Chief have some similarities, but, but they're all kind of different from one another. Yeah. Warzone and Master think? Chief are not 
I would not put them as the same game. Yeah, you have a first person perspective and you shoot, but that's they're not any that's similar. about where it ends. Yeah, that's right. Um so is there anything you think that these games have in common in terms of finding a formula for longevity, right? Like what gives them the staying power that they have had? Weird. That's a weird question because it it has the opposite intention of the actual theme of my of the of okay. the games that I gave you. Uh I will answer your question and then touch on the fact that you hit the exact opposite of the theme. Okay. Um Warzone Warzone got people into a culture. Master Chief was already about bringing back a culture. And Final Fantasy uh, is a culture unto itself. It will always be. I think. And so I think all these games were about expanding or renewing the culture of a game. Right. Uh, Might be the theme that you're looking for. Because Master Chief was saying, hey, there's a lot of lapsed Halo people out there. I bet a lot of people would love to play Halo again if they were presented a new version of it that looked real good and a new version of it that was easy to play and that uh, always had players. And so much like the battle pass system in Warzone, they added a battle pass to Master Chief. Right, These two games have these similarities to try and increase the longevity of that game in order to increase the longevity of a franchise, right? They gave Master Chief and they doled it out strategically so that about a year ago, they kind of ran out of stuff in Master Chief. Not entirely. They still have seasons going. Uh, They added a new system of gaining different types of -of one-of-a-kind stuff in the game. It's still going. It's still supported. But lo and behold, after the last major update about a year later, uh, what's on the scene but Halo Infinite, right? Yeah, and you have to feel like that kind of a lull is very much deliberate. Yeah. Right, because you don't want to throw the shiny new thing in when people are still yep. really actively playing all the older stuff. Yep, and the same exact plan comes to fruition in Warzone. I've been playing it about a year now. About halfway through this year. The game started to hit a lull. They really didn't have much to do. So they started throwing wacky stuff at the screen like portal doors. And uh, I I don't even know, like number theories and hidden bunkers and all sorts of stuff they could do quickly and easily while they quietly made a whole new map for that game alongside their new Vanguard game that no one knew was coming this year. They knew it was coming. It was announced. But uh, the date being in, you know, um, December was like, whoa, wait, what? That quick? Wow. Um, So those two games are alike in that I think that they tried to awaken players uh, that may have lapsed into the back into a revitalized version of the culture of their games. Right. Lapsed Call of yeah. Duty players are playing Warzone instead of regular Call of Duty. For sure. Um, 
Final Fantasy 12 is interesting because it's older, right? Um, like 16 is out now or coming. I don't. 16, 15 is out. 16 is coming. 16 is coming. Uh, two of those games in there. No, one of those games, right? 11, uh, 10, 11 and 14, 11 and 14. So 12 is after 11. So 14 is still out there doing stuff. I might actually install final fantasy 14. Not a joke. I think there was just a big update for yeah, Final uh, so shout for 14. Out, yeah, shout out to Ryan, who's been on this pod before. Uh, he and I were talking about that update exactly. They basically said the story's over after the... Not or over, over, obviously, because it's an online game. Some new thing will happen. But like whatever story they've been working on since they relaunched Final Fantasy fourteen to make it a good game um, is now coming to an end and i was like okay maybe it's worth playing through that and just being calling it a day at the end of it not playing it like an mmo but saying this is it this is the story they intended to tell and it's kind of overish maybe i can get in and play it like a final fantasy game right yeah i've heard that this is a good time to pick it up if you were considering it i would like to try it i don't think i would stick with it because i will never long term play an mmo again which is sad uh but it's a statement because I don't physically have the time. Yes. FF12 to me was to my experience, not to me as a like somewhat connoisseur or informed person. FF12 to my experience to your question of what does it mean to those franchises was the answer to ff10 and people calling that a light game with light characters right yes and so they made this super laborious auto battling system and very intricate story i think that it turned off a lot of people. People don't like FF12 very much. I don't think. On a, on the whole. And I think when you see Final Fantasy 13 and and uh 15, right? Those are really story-wise uh it sounds like to me I have not played 15 and I only played a little bit of 13. Nonsensical in their story. <laughs> And they went to a more action-based uh, battle system instantly, yes. right? So FF12 is like the the death of classic Final Fantasy to try and keep their franchise feeling fresh to me. That's my feeling when I tried to keep playing it. Yeah. It's interesting that you landed on that question because my theme was games that may I may need to quit or not try to complete. Okay. And ones that I was successful at, ones that I'm unsuccessful at, and ones that I'm trying to reawaken myself to play. So, like, th- that's a broad theme and one that I didn't think uh, you would gra- grab, but you... you you bracketed me in on both sides with your questions. <laughs> it, like, exactly. You you bracketed me in exactly, which is great. I love it. 
um, Mario Party, I successfully quit. Right, I won't. I won't touch that again. I know what a waste it would be. Yeah, uh, and so to you know answer your question, yeah, it's a problem, and that's why it was on the list. And yeah, for the franchise, it means that it's kind of dead. Uh, so, you know, for me, what does that mean? Well, it's kind of dead. Warzone, um, I play because other people uh, enjoy it. And I want to enjoy my time with those people. And I have turned a corner on that game in not wanting to quit anymore because I stopped trying to be good at it. Okay. And you just enjoy it for what it is and for where you are with it. There was a time when I felt like to have fun with them because they love that game a lot. I needed to play better. And so I was watching Twitch videos and youtube videos and trying to understand the game and the and it was stressing me out and so like i got to the point where i was like i should quit playing this and i like i can't quit playing this right uh because i want to enjoy time with those people so yeah yeah. um called uh master chief collection i think about it all the time i still have it installed and I shouldn't play it anymore. I think it's good to play those games once in a while, maybe in a couple of years. But the reason it was on there as a game that should be quit is because they what they did is battle pass that game, right? It's free. Yeah. You don't have to pay anything. But they battle passed it to keep people playing a game so that their numbers would stay up and people could find games to play. But other than the single player, I don't really think that game is sustainable and enjoyable in a multiplayer format. And like trying to waste time on filling out battle passes and stuff like that is something that I should quit. Uh, And then FF12 is the one that I did quit. And I feel really bad about because you guys played it. We were going to play it all together. And it's the one I keep convincing myself to try and play more of because you guys liked it. And it means I should try it. Celeste didn't make the list. Even though though I didn't finish (laughs) it. Because I don't feel like I want to quit it. Even though I maybe should quit my personality of feeling like I have to do better at the game. Yeah. But I won't. I will definitely complete it at some point here. I just haven't figured out how I want to do it. So it didn't, right. I did not the, put the choice. The, the choice for that one was kind of forced upon you by Game Pass pulling it. Yeah, and and that's true. And it likely means that I've got to figure out a different way to play it or wait for Game Pass to bring it back. More on that when we discuss Game Pass in January. Uh, but it didn't make this list, and that's one of the reasons that I was like, ah, you you brought Celeste up because I thought about. The the number one game I thought about putting on a list was Celeste because so we could talk about it and all that. And I want to talk about it with JJ too. So, yeah. But um, that's why I didn't make the list in the end is because I had this kind of theme of like, these are the games about quitting <laughs> and different ways to think about quitting, right? Like how to accomplish different goals. Like some games you feel like you should quit when maybe you really, what you need to do is chill Maybe that's Celeste. 
but it's also Warzone for me and it made it more interesting on this list. Some games you should quit immediately when you realize they're bad, like Mario Party. <laughs> Some games you quit and you maybe you shouldn't because maybe they're hidden gems or people you respect find things in them and, and it's not going to take that much of your life like Final Fantasy. Anyway, that's uh, that, yeah, that was fun. That was good. Yeah, I like that. That was fun. I maybe I feel... we'll uh, maybe we'll have JJ send us four games. Ooh. We'll each come up with a question for him. Yes. When he gets back, we can nail him to the wall. <laughs> if you had questions about our games and why we chose them, Michael, you can send those questions to podcast at We Were Gamers. Um, we love hearing from everybody, and we are, I think, building up a, a good backlog of emails to do a, another email episode coming yeah. up here sometime soon. And we we ate a little bit into them, and I didn't actually. I had two questions. We had some food related ones uh, that I I have started to accumulate from emails. Um, yeah, they're building up. They're building up a little bit. We we ate into some of them with some component class. So if you didn't listen to the last podcast, we ate. Two, two or three emails, I think, from the box. We we chomped them up. We chewed them up. Podcast at WeWereGamers.com. Anywhere, anywhere else, Michael? Yeah, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We are we were gamers on all those places. And you should go check us out on YouTube. Also, we were gamers. Uh, search for it all on Word. And you'll see a lot of our bonus content on there. So we have our Star Trek series, our subspace transmissions, uh, carbon scoring, our Star Wars subpod, and a lot of other goodies on there. Uh, nicely organized for you into convenient playlists. Um, and speaking of playlists, you can also find us uh, on your podcasting app of choice. There you have it. And uh, I will also put some pictures up. I've been a little self-conscious about the uh, failure of my computer, but the um, I guess the podcast deserves podcast deserves to know so we'll put some frankenstein pictures up there and hopefully if this new cooler works we'll put the final product up there you know nice well my fingers are crossed my fingers are crossed that the audio in the background of this has not been horrible because i haven't been able to hear all of it with my headphones on but i know for a fact those those fans are spin up and down all the time because it's trying to cool off so and yeah, it might have been a bad pasting job. I really doubt it. I, uh, I'm decent at that. And I know I put enough paste in directly in the middle. So uh, don't email me about pasting it because it won't matter because I'm going to try a bigger cooler anyway. And uh, that will have paste on it too. So <laughs> email about something more interesting. I also know about fan curves, but if you if you really feel strongly about fan curves, go ahead. I'll listen. <laughs>